So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Q&A. As you can see, a little bit of a different setup here in my brand new home in London. Still haven't really figured out kind of what the most ideal shooting spots are. So, yeah, Tristan and I still getting everything set up, um, getting lighting set up, all this sort of stuff. Office is a beautiful place to shoot. Uh, I can even shoot some stuff on like the fourth floor uh, and then even like the third bedroom. Uh, just there's no use for it at the moment. So Tristan really wants to turn it into like a little podcast studio, YouTube studio, but hey ho, I guess we'll see. But with no further ado, let's get straight into it. So question number one is if you sign a client in the middle of the month, how do you do billing cycles? Let's say you sign a client on the 16th. Do you just bill them on the 16th of every month or do you bill all your clients at the same time? Very, very simple. When they sign 30 days later or the exact same day the next month, they're going to get their next billing. So basically exactly on the day. So if I sign a client on the 28th, the next month on the 28th, they'll get billed. Simple as that, especially when you're doing auto billing. Um, it's just the easiest model to try and like cluster all of your client invoices at the end of the month or something like that would just be an absolute nightmare. So bill all of your clients when you sign them and just auto bill them, use Stripe easy as that question number two is if someone was consistently doing quality outreach the right way every single day they set up their foundations have the right mindset use an approach that has worked time and time again how early can you expect to see results results meaning meetings scheduled well if you look at kind of rolling averages for example loom if you send 100 looms on average you should be getting at least two to three meetings preferably closer to four to five meetings from that i was actually speaking with one of the copy paste agency students last night and uh, it's funny because he was he was a little concerned that he wasn't saying enough meetings and uh, you know i ran through the tracking sheet that i give all my students and um he did 108 looms and then from there he had 11 meetings and signed three clients so i was like dude you're doing roughly around a 10 percent loom to meeting percentage and those numbers are actually amazing our appointment setters last year and earlier this year i actually brought on appointment setters very very briefly and then i ended up just letting them go because i just didn't have the time to train them up and whatnot and i just thought i'd rely on ads but anyways long story short they were accomplishing around five percent so let's say you get even a two percent if you send a hundred looms you should honestly get two to three meetings so with that in mind if you're sending 10 looms a day which is very very manageable then within 10 days you should get two to three meetings so for example if you're sending around 200 looms a month you should be getting four to six meetings from that and from those four to six meetings you should honestly be closing a client now that is i'm giving you uh, very low numbers as i said a two to three percent loom to meeting but that's also an ideal world and when i say that's an ideal world that's totally based on you you know it sounds easy enough you know doing 10 looms a day but 10 looms a day will take you three four five hours because you also have to lead source and you know at the end of the day some people just aren't willing to put the work in and then if you look at another medium for example cold calling once again with cold calling you should be getting roughly around those same sorts of ranges which is 100 cold calls and you should be getting slightly lower around 1.5 to 3% cold call call to meeting percentage. So with that in mind, with emails, it's a little different, or at least I can't give you the data because, you know, people have different approaches with emails. Some people are going for depth with a specific client. And by the way, when I say email, you know, they're, they're not going for a loom strategy at all. They're just doing straight email. And then some people are doing mass mails and that actually still does work for them. But you know, that dilutes the email to meeting set percentage. So I can't really give you those statistics, but I know the numbers very intimately when it comes to loom and cold call to meeting percentages. So hopefully that just gives you an idea as to do X amount of whichever outreach method works best for your niche, your personality. And then from there, that'll equate to X amount of meetings. And then from there, you know that you should close 
X amount of clients from those meetings. Hopefully that makes sense and hopefully that's helpful. Next question is how comes IG Media is listed as dissolved on Companies House? Have you closed your agency? This is probably one of my favorite questions because I've gotten it so many times. Um, so I'll tell you basically the backstory. All the way up until April 5th of 2018, I was operating as a sole trader. That's when the new tax season rolls around in the UK. So even though I incorporated my companies, I incorporated one, it was right at the end of November, like November 27th, IG Media 2017. And my other company, IG Online Services, which is the one that I've been using for the past few years, uh, that was on the 31st of January 2018. But anyways, both of those companies sat dormant until April 5th, 2018, when the new tax season rolled around. But but basically, the reason I dissolved IG Media was two part. First of all, I realized that having two companies is dumb. <laughs> like, it's just stupid. I thought, you know, might as well separate for the education company as well as the agency. But then you have to file two tax returns. You have to have two separate PayPal accounts, two separate Stripe accounts, two bank cards, pay your accountant twice. It's a whole nightmare. So I thought if if I'm allowed to and I can have both companies operating on the same limited company, might as well. And that's what I did. And the reason that I dissolved IG Media rather than IG Online Services is because IG Media, I actually own 90%, not 100% like IG Online Services. So the background with that is many of you guys know Bob, um, I think next week or the week after I'm, I'm, you know, just mapping out my head when this video is going out, I've actually got a podcast with him. So you know, Bob really is like an older brother to me. You know, when we first met, I, this is back in 2016 when I was broke as shit. Uh, you know, I started doing some little like uh, spare PDF jobs for him and his company and this and that. And then we started working on some projects together and he had a lot of, um, you know, he had a good, uh, a good network in Holland. He just didn't have any background with marketing or social media or advertising, you know, anything along the lines of that. His background for 15 years has been in web development. So we took my expertise and knowledge and skills, combined that with his network and IG Media actually ended up in 2017 doing a lot of business in Holland. And, you know, so much so that we even started thinking like, look, maybe we should partner up together, not, you know, 50-50 partners, but at least something where, uh, you know, you're involved like, to this day. And I'm sure later down the line, Bob and I will have a business together. We've talked about softwares. We've talked about uh, agency. We've talked about so many different ways that we could just get involved. I think just more than anything else, we've always just wanted to be business partners. But um, yeah, so when I ended up launching IG Media, I actually gave him 10% uh, as a little thank you. Now, at that time, IG Media was doing, you know, eight, nine, 10K a month. It had done 15, 20K months prior to that. But that was a really difficult time for the agency where I was transitioning from a creative agency, a content agency to trying to do an advertising agency. So we were at around 10,000 a month now. As you guys know, 2018, my agency scaled a lot. And by the time that April rolled around, I knew that I would be basically giving Bob at that point around two grand a month and just like basically passive income. You know, at that point, the agency was doing around $20,000 a month. And by the end of 2018, I hit my first $80,000 a month profit. And, you know, basically Bob's percentage of dividends, which is which was really more of a gift to him than anything else, would have been in the realm of twenty-five dollars to $35,000 that year. And, you know, I'm a kind person, but that's a very, very big gift. So, um... That's why IG Media, I dissolved that company because while both companies were sat dormant while I was waiting for the new tax season to roll around so I could start operating as a limited company rather than as a sole trader, is that I kind of had the option of which company do I use and I needed obviously a company that I had 100% ownership in. So so I dissolved IG Media, got Bob a Rolex for his birthday and uh, I thought we were pretty even from there. So um, yeah, basically that's the story of why IG Media is dissolved. But guys, to be honest, I find this question so funny because like people are like, like, this proves that you don't have an agency, blah, blah. And I'm like, and this is why I find this question so funny because people are like, but no, your agency is dissolved. And I'm like, guys, like 
For example, ClickFunnels uh, operates as like Edison, uh, it's E-T-I-S-O-N, Edison LLC. That doesn't mean that like ClickFunnels doesn't exist. It just means it has a different operating name. In fact, Apple isn't even called Apple. Like as far as I know, like most companies have their operating name, but that's not the legal entity. That's not their legal official name. So um, yeah, my legal official name is IG Online Services. So, next question is, do you think you will expand Gadget to the point where one day you will open up physical stores? Very funny that you asked this. Uh, this is a crazy idea I had a couple weeks back, like probably three or four weeks back. And I actually got my assistant to do some research and uh, call some estate agents and see what sort of quotas that we could get. I wanted something on King's Road uh, in Chelsea in London. Like that's the only thing that I wanted because that is such prime real estate. And I just know for the brand and obviously I, I live in Knightsbridge, Chelsea. So, you know, for me, that's just pride wise, that's where I'd want the store. And the reason I was, this came to mind was just because I have IG Media, which is my cash cow, which allows me to be a little stupid with some of my other businesses. So I was like, look, if I spend, you know, my budget for it was five thousand pounds a month. I was like, look, if I spend five thousand pounds a month, and and you know, some landlord will take a really low ball offer on King's Road, then yeah, I'll do it, even though it makes no sense financially whatsoever. Uh, and we looked around, and we actually managed to get some deals around seven, eight thousand pounds. But then you have to pay for insurance, you have to pay for someone physically to be there all the time. And just with the stock that we have right now, it doesn't work. And this brings up a larger thing of we're actually making a lot of changes to Gadget in 2021, early 2021. Uh, I mean, even in December, and we're moving in a totally different direction, which I'll probably talk about in a different, um, you know, maybe on the Private Victories podcast or something like that. Um, but we're moving, we're still doing the season model, but the core of the collection will be, you know, nine to 12 evergreen pieces, the blue light blockers, you know, stuff that we can spend six months a year on the development of to make sure that they are incredible quality plus to be honest most people love gadget because because a lot of people love my style and they always ask where i'm getting stuff from for me my clothing is 90 percent very simple plain colors maybe a little bit of flair here and there and 10 percent sort of graphic tees and stuff like that and gadget is pretty much all graphic tees hoodies this and that and they're awesome but that's not really the the essentials. That's not my core collection. Um, so we're moving uh, Gadget over to to more chic sort of vibe. And then we're still going to be doing seasons, but those will be the ones which are a little more tongue in cheek, that sort of stuff. So next year, honestly, I could very well see it. You know, if we get Gadget to the point that if we can get Gadget to a hundred k a month consistently, then I will open up a store on King's Road. Tristan smiling. <laughs> And the last question is, what does your diet look like? Do you optimize eating for brain function slash aesthetics, or do you just eat whatever most of the time? For me, yes, I am optimizing for something. And for me, that is always brain function. Aesthetics, I don't really care about too much. And I kind of have that body where like, unless I'm eating 4,500 calories a day, I just can't get any bigger. Like I have a really tough time getting any bigger. I'm always, you know, pretty lean, um, pretty lean guy. Uh, I'm always pretty lean and in good shape. Uh, but to get any bigger than this point um, is very, very difficult for me. So aesthetics wise, I, I, to be honest, I've never really cared that much. Uh, for me, going to the gym is just about feeling good, being in uh, optimal state and same thing with my food. So in 2019, I was eating paleo. So uh, just trying to just trying to eat paleo, which they think is sort of like primal, the way that humans would have eaten, um, you know, just trying not to eat much processed food. Um, and in general, I just know I, I've, you know, I've always known that I don't do well with carbs. So that was last year and pretty much most of this year, this year, I start implementing a lot more fast, 24 hour fast, 48 hour fast, really just to reset my caffeine sensitivity, my insulin sensitivity, whole host of benefits. Now the last three weeks, I'm on three weeks now at this point, 
I've been doing carnivore. And that's a discussion for a longer form video. And that's something that I do plan to give you guys an update on. I feel as though like the 30 or 60, I'd say probably 60 day mark. Now I've been doing uh, carnivore actually to heal a little bit of a health problem I've had. So I'll keep you guys updated on that as well. If you guys are interested in the carnivore diet, I don't recommend it at all to anyone. Like I have no opinions on, I, you know, I have no opinions on this. Honestly, I couldn't care less what you do. All I can say is I've never felt better in my entire life than on carnivore. And I also haven't had caffeine in three weeks. So I'm on no carbs pretty much, or like just a tiny amount of carbs, no sugar, no caffeine, uh, obviously no alcohol and like no tobacco. Once a month, I usually smoke a cigar. I like smoking a cigar. So anyways, my point is I've never felt better in my entire life. And not that I really did, you know, I'm not a big drinker or a, a big smoker apart from my uh, ritual of uh, one cigar at the end of the month. But just cutting out sugar and caffeine and carbs has been incredible for me. And uh, obviously I'm constantly in a state of ketosis um, because, you know, I have no, no need, because, you know, I basically have zero carbs in my diet right now. Um, and as I said, if you guys are interested, definitely just check out, look up um, a Joe Rogan carnivore diet and watch the one on Jordan Peterson. Uh, carnivore diet was basically the only thing that fixed all of his uh, chronic autoimmune conditions, which is I have one of them at the moment, uh, which has not been super fun. But yeah, that's the only thing that fixed that for him. It was the only thing that fixed his depression. It actually fixed his psoriasis, which is actually what I have at the moment, uh, which is not, not been fun. So yeah, you can watch that and see Dr. Peterson's experience. And then Joe Rogan actually, I mean, Joe Rogan, when he first heard about carnivore for like years, he was like, this is the craziest thing ever. Like, this sounds ridiculous and dumb. And he actually gave it a shot for 30 days and it didn't entirely cure, but it was starting to cure his uh, vitiligo, which is another autoimmune condition, which is another autoimmune condition related to the skin, which I definitely wish I had. That would be a lot more fun. A lot of models actually have vitiligo. It's like a cool look, um, but it was starting to fix that for him. Uh, he started to lose his uh, a pot belly, he called it. Obviously, he's in great shape, but like, you know, once you get Joe Rogan's in his 40s, I believe, like mid 40s. So, um, yeah, he was leaning down, getting bigger. Uh, and felt great as well. So long story short, uh, at the moment, I'm three weeks into carnivore diet. And I'm actually for two for the past two weeks, I've been strict beef, salt, water, and that's it eating uh, nose to tail. So eating liver, heart, fatty cuts of steak, cooking my stuff in um, beef tallow, etc, etc. This last week, I've been actually slacking a little still carnivore, but actually had some cheese, um, had some bacon, uh, and that's pretty much about it. But yeah, I actually been slacking a little this week and I'm going to get back onto strict beef salt water. Now, I don't recommend beef salt water for people for sure. Like if you're going to try the carnivore diet, I think it's I think it's incredible. As I said, in the last few years, I've spent almost close to 100,000 on my health and performance. And I've tried everything under the sun and had the best of the best experts in the world. And I've never felt this great just on carnivore diet. What I don't recommend for people is just beef salt water until uh, unless you've got some sort of chronic autoimmune condition that the doctors will tell you will be with you for the rest of your life and you're trying to heal it naturally like I am, uh, unless that's the case for you, definitely don't do like beef salt water, just do carnivore diet because then you can still enjoy yourself and have beef, you can have meat, you can have fish, uh, you can have um, you can have cheese if you're fine with lactose, you can have milk if you're fine with lactose, yogurt if you're fine with lactose, uh, you can have uh, whole host of really fun stuff that you can do on carnivore and even in terms of like eating out at like fast food places if you go to like five guys uh, i know because i did this yesterday and it was like incredible um you can just do a you can just do a bacon cheeseburger uh in a bowl so that means it's basically just like two buns cheese and some bacon 
And now obviously you don't want to be eating like that, you know, as a general rule, but if you're in a little bit of a time crunch, something like that is incredible. So yeah, past two weeks, except for this week, I've just been on grass fed beef, uh, really high quality beef, salt, water, and that's it. So that's my diet at the moment. I know it sounds super crazy and wacky. Hear me out. Um, you know, I'll cover it on a longer form uh, podcast. So ladies and gents, that pretty much wraps it up. Down below, you can find the winner for the gadget giveaway. As always, if you want to be drawn in to win, all you have to do is hit subscribe, throw on post notifications, comment within the first one to two hours of the video going out, and you'll be automatically drawn in to win. Hope you guys all enjoyed. I'll see you in the next one.